from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify, every single one of them, free. Uh, Come on, join the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this blue marble planet. Let us take a look. Of course, we got the United States at the top of the list. The Philippines coming in second place this month. Australia, Singapore, Nigeria, South Africa, New Zealand, Finland. Got Latvia, Nambia, Norway, Canada, and of course, always those parts that are unknown. Thank you very much. I apologize for missing this last week. I have been working like a mule. But I'm back in the studios today, back in the saddle, if you will. And here we are. My goodness, uh, I never thought this series would go this long. Number two, six, 20, a half a year on the topic of doorways to deceptions. Maybe this is important. I don't know think we've seen so much i uh, i hope that uh, that now not, listen not that you would remember every single one of them but the information is given and how holy spirit can bring things back to your remembrance go back check them out uh, they're all there for you as i said free of charge the all uh, all 25 other uh episodes on this particular topic and um that's what we're believing here holy spirit will bring things back to remembrance so that being said kids this is it the final one number 26 and uh, how we are recognizing deceptions and what to do to close that off from our lives Uh, last week we talked about prayer and how yes for one you do need to pray your prayers definitely make a difference you need to have an active prayer life as it says in james your prayers make tremendous power available dynamic in its working so your prayers are reaching into that heavenly realm where we know that it is all finished, right? It's all there. And now by that, if, we, if you could, the portal, the portal of prayer, you can tap into that realm and bring that down to earth here. The finished works brought here. How? By your prayers. That's powerful. The other thing was to talk about uh, how long or how intense or how should I pray? Because there is there's an idea floating around now that, well, it's got to be the deep things. We got to get serious. Well, we're painting this idea that maybe more time or praying harder, deeper, will get better results. No doubt the Lord can lead you into deeper, more intense prayer, but I'm talking about just purposely setting out to say, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray harder. I'm going to pray deeper. I'm going to get better results. So now we got, um, well, we got to have, you know, nine hour prayer sessions. Um, that's a real thing. That's why I mentioned nine. Uh, so I, I was approached by a woman that I know wanted to host a 24 hour prayer meeting in her home. Right. And she wanted us to advertise it and do all this stuff. And, and I kind of know her, but I don't really know her. But anyway, so she has this event and people I know attended the event. And the idea is you could come and go all throughout the night, you know, day and night, this 24 hour section that she has blocked off for this 24 hour prayer meeting. And uh, so you can come in, you can come and go. And so anyway, after it's all said and done, prayed 24 hours. And, and so she, she comes to church, right? She comes here and she says to me, 
Well, I just had to come here today because, you know, Holy Spirit said during our 24-hour prayer service that there is to be no more churches. You're supposed to shut this down, and we're just supposed to meet at home. We're just supposed to meet in homes. And so I'm, I'm telling all the pastors I know, this is it. This is no more churches. Um, 24 hours of prayer for God to say to shut down all the spirit-filled churches, right? Like not, she's not going to the Catholic church down the street. She didn't stop by and chat with the Lutheran, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian. God wants to shut down all the spirit-filled churches. That's what you got out of 24 hours of prayer. So I'm saying sometimes weird things can take place in these so-called deep places where you, for one, have worn yourself out physically, mentally now. I think you're hallucinating because of the lack of sleep and who knows what else, right? I mean, trying to get God to do something spiritually reminds me of the priest of, of Baal working so hard to get their God to do something and nothing. So we discovered in the end, it's all going to come back to seriously being led by God as to how long or how much time is spent. There really are not parameters set in the Bible in this area of time spent. I mean, if you want to be real serious, Paul said, pray without ceasing. Well, oh my goodness. Well, no, we know what he meant by that. So be careful in that idea because it can spill into works real quick and trying to do something uh, and, and so much to get God to do something. Jesus said, could you not tear for just one hour in prayer? So pray without ceasing or, or an hour, or what, you know. My point is, and it's the answer to a thousand questions, right? Be led. Be careful. Be led. So let's uh, wrap this baby up. How about tongues? Dun, 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 tongues. Dun, dun, dun. What about tongues? What about tongues? The perceptions that surround tongues, all kinds of them. I know there's so many that'll say, well, uh, there are no more tongues. Others will say, well, yeah, but it's a gift of the Spirit, and, and uh, only if somebody is there to interpret it. Otherwise, you shouldn't pray in tongues at all. Others will say, well, I pray in tongues daily and sometimes with no interpretation, just as part of my daily prayer life, my daily prayer walk. Lots to talk about there. So I say this to say uh, there is more to prayer than just praying in your language that you know so much more. Acts 19 and verse 2, he said to them, did you receive Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much heard whether there was a Holy Spirit. Well, then Paul laid his hands upon them and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. So Paul's asking these new believers, they're born again. But wait, guys, there's more. Have you received Holy Spirit? So that tells me that no, you do not receive all of Holy Spirit when you're born again, as some doctrines say. This is one of those deceptions that, well, you're born again, there is no more. Well, there obviously is. Acts 8 and verse 5, Philip went down to the city of Samaria. He preached Christ unto them. But when they believed Philip, as he preached these things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So we see this, this, this separate event, this baptism baptized in the Holy Ghost. And what? Speaking in tongues. Is that still relevant for today, this type of prayer? Let me say this real quick. It is not a requirement to make it into heaven, okay? But it would be a requirement to get heaven into you. I hope that makes sense. Is it necessary or can I pray like I pray in my own language and I don't need this other thing called tongues? Let's talk it out. 
So with tongues today, let's say, let's say we haven't heard a tongue or an interpretation in a church for years or maybe ever. 1 Corinthians 14 is going to give us some boundaries for the gift. It says that if you're speaking in tongues and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he's going to say you're crazy. Remember, we know that some churches have hindered that due to trying to lead people to Christ and not scare them off, I suppose. I see it differently. In that when some folks, folks want to ask me, well, what's the service like up there at the Midwest Healing Center? Well, somebody might run. So they're definitely going to dance and shout and yell. They're going to speak in tongues. Somebody's probably going to prophesy, lay hands on the sick. Chair's probably going to get messed up. And, uh, you know, so uh, maybe. So let's be sure you know that going in. Well, but the Bible says if you are in a believer's meeting, it's okay to have the gift of tongues and interpretation of it. This is a separate, this is separate from your personal prayer language. Keep that in mind. Some have clouded the two and said, none of you can ever speak in tongues unless you're in a meeting filled with believers and somebody is there to interpret that tongue. Otherwise, it's not real. That's not true. There is a personal prayer language and there is a gift with interpretation that we're discussing here, which leads us to interpretation of tongues. This is the understanding and expressing the thought or the intent of the message in tongues. Watch this now. This is the interpretation, not the translation of tongues. Did you catch that? While I'm in Africa, I have a translator speaking for me. It's not that he's having to give the word for word exactly, as much as he's capturing the overall context of what's being said, and then sharing that in a way that those people would understand. He isn't giving them the exact African word for each English word I speak necessarily. There are times that maybe I said 10 words and he says four, or I say four and he may say 10. Interpretation is expressing the thought and intent of what someone just said. Translation is word for word. The UN, United Nations, does not have interpreters. They have translators because they want to know exactly what was said word for word, line upon line. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now, that's in your Bible. I wish you all spoke in tongues. That's Bible, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. A man named Paul wrote that. He didn't author it. Holy Spirit said it. God breathed that sentence. I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's from God. So it doesn't matter what religious affiliation you have, you will have to come to grips with that right there. But even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless, unless, indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. So did you get this? The one who prophesies is greater unless, unless if the tongue is interpreted, then it's the same. So don't tell me that the one who prophesies is greater than the one that speaks in tongues. And it's not that I'm coming against prophecy as much as I'm trying to get you to see the importance of tongues and interpretation of them. It's put on that level of prophecy. And we uphold prophecy pretty stout. And I'm saying you, you need to hold up tongues and interpretation in the same category. I wish you all spoke in tongues and prophesied because it's encouraging. I wish you would all encourage one another in what he is saying. So interpretation, not translation. So someone may give a short message in tongues and the interpretation of that may be longer or vice versa. I mentioned this because, you know, people... People really try to use this to, to invalidate, right? Well, see, it's not true. He's still talking, and that guy only said like three words. No, 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 it's the interpretation, expressing the thought and intent. If you ask my son, Lucas, how was your day? Right? He's not a big talker, right? If you were to ask my son, Lucas, you know, how was your, 
How was your day? His interpretation of those eight hours of that day is fine. No, that's it. No more. If you were to ask my youngest daughter, how was your day? She was, well, when I woke up this morning and mom had, uh, you know, had to braid my hair, almost made us late to school. And so then, you know, I said this about this and then this one boy and then you know, her eight hours could be interpreted as 24 hours. How did all of that happen in an eight hour day? For all the details, right? both in eight hour time frame. Or sometimes my son won't even use words. How was your day? And, and a thumbs up. And you know what that means. So we have to walk in revelation of truth in this, and that's Holy Spirit is doing, he's endeavoring to show you the things that God has in store for your life. These things are a mystery to the natural mind, if you will. First Corinthians 14, verse two, for he that speaks in a tongue does not speak unto men, but unto God. For nobody understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks the mysteries. These are the mysteries that we cannot grasp with the natural understanding. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13, therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So we don't have to allow our understanding to be unfruitful. God is not trying to keep his will from you, but rather from those who are looking to destroy you. So when you say, well, let's, let's pray about the plan of God and you want to know what's going on, he's going to reveal that to you. And you can believe that by faith for the interpretation of tongues so that you can know, but the enemy won't know. The enemy won't know. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him, nor can he even know them because they are spiritually discerned. This is what I'm talking about, spiritually discerned. The only way any of this can make any sense to you is for the Spirit of God to reveal it to you. But the only way is to start by being baptized in the Holy Ghost and you can pray in tongues and interpret and things will become clear to you. So there is the gift of tongues is listed in those nine gifts of the Spirit. And there's the personal usage of a prayer language in tongues. Let's read down. Let's keep reading through here. When somebody speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He's speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit realm. But when somebody prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up, to bring them comfort. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. So it's not saying don't speak in tongues. No, you should, but it's advancing your spiritual progress and that's okay. So it's making a distinction of both the public gift and the private usage. While the one who prophesies builds up the church, I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues. So that's okay. But I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. Greater gain comes through the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless, unless there is an interpretation so that it builds up the entire church. Giving the interpretation of tongues. My dear friends, what good is it if I come to you always speaking in tongues? But if I come with a clear revelation from God or with insight or with a prophecy or with clear teaching, I can enrich you. So it is with you. Unless you speak in a language that's easily understood, how will anybody know what it is that you're talking about? You might as well save your breath. I suppose that the world has all sorts of languages and each conveys a meaning to the ones who speak it. But I'm like a foreigner. If I don't understand the language and the speaker will be like a foreigner to me. And that's what's happening among you. You are so passionate about embracing the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Now become even more passionate about the things that strengthen the entire church. So that if you speak in a tongue, pray for the interpretation to be able to unfold the meaning of what it is that you're saying. For if I am praying in a tongue, my spirit is engaged in prayer, but I have no clear understanding of what's being said. So here's what I've concluded. I will pray in the spirit. This is what he's saying. This is what Paul is saying. I will pray in the spirit. He's, he's not... He's not, right, he's not dismissing it. He, he's trying to give us instructions on what and when, the how. But I will also pray with my mind engaged. I will sing praises in the spirit 
but I will, I will also sing with my mind engaged, meaning in his own natural language. I will give thanks to God that I speak in tongues more than you all. If the entire church comes together and everybody is speaking in tongues, won't the visitors say that you've lost your minds? If somebody speaks in a tongue, it should be two or three, one after another, when somebody is interpreting. If there's no one there to interpret, then you should remain silent in the meeting, content to speak to himself and to God. So I hope that makes sense to you. That was in 1 Corinthians 14. Romans 8, 26, 27, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So this is our heavenly prayer language. Baptized in the Holy Ghost, staying filled, as Ephesians says, being sensitive to Holy Spirit on praying in tongues, to pray out the mysteries in your life, and to pray and to believe for the interpretation, right, for the edification of the body of Christ. See, the more revelation we operate in, the more will flow, and the more truth we will have, and we can better avoid the deceptions of the enemy. So to wrap up all 26 weeks, deception is the opposite of truth. And ultimately, prayerlessness is a major doorway to deceptions because it's going to keep you from receiving the revelation knowledge of the truth. Prayer can close off all the other doorways because it's through prayer, both natural and spiritual, and I'm talking native language and tongues. It's through that avenue that we can tap into the mind and the will of God that should coincide with the scriptures as the, as the spirit of truth begins to reveal all things, guiding you into all truth. It's there. And what's going to happen? Well, we know as we begin to do that, he begins to reveal those mysteries. He begins to guide us into all truth. It's that truth that's going to make you free from all deception. All right, well, thank you for joining me the past 26 weeks. A whole half a year on deception. I think we got some things exposed, didn't we? Well, the devil's in trouble now. We're way too smart for him. Stay built up, folks. The times are going to be interesting. All right, that's all the time I have for today. I'm your host, Don Allen. Until next time, you know I'm going to be attempting the ridiculous. I'm going to be achieving the miraculous.